I want to. Yeah, can, Chloe. Oh, go go ahead. Ahead. No, no, you go, Ben. No, you, go. you go. No, you go. No, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I am. I'm the white man, and I have to. Assert Unless Chloe had alpha. had something to say. No, 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 no. Doesn't no, matter. Doesn't Chloe, matter. Do, do you go? <laughs> doesn't even matter. No, you go. All right, Ross, you you go. You go. I just. I, Wait, I, do you, sh- should I go? Yeah. Oh my god. All right, Ross, you go. Okay. Um, are you done? Yeah. All right, we're back. I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty-free shit, people. That's what we do. Beyond Quota. So, you know, it's called Beyond Quota. So clever. It's like <laughs> it's like everything other than Quota, but we always start with Quota. Yeah, let's talk about your relationship with Quota. Yeah, I mean, I've been at Zoom for just over a year now, and I've exceeded Quota, you know, quarter after quarter pretty easily. I hit Quota about a month ago. So I've just been, uh, you know, hanging out and working on comedy projects, things like that, you know, generating pipeline, getting ahead for next quarter, qualifying leads, helping out AEs wherever I can. You don't have to lie to us on the podcast. (laughs) I'm joking. You you think somebody's going to listen to this? No, no, no. (laughs) Please. When Zoom started this pandemic back in 2020 (laughs) and created it in a lab in China. Right. Was it all, has anybody actually missed quota? No one that I'm talking to. I don't know how that sounds, but I mean, I'm on the team that's selling to colleges, universities, public schools. So no one on my team has missed quota. Let's talk about the comedy thing. Yeah. Why? Why comedy? Are you as miserable and depressed as I am? So you want to talk about it? No, I'm a I'm a oh, pretty happy person, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, I think, I think loneliness is a big, uh, catalyst for comedy in general. And it was for me for sure. Uh, I mean, the first time I did stand up, I was living in Shanghai and I was alone and was journaling a ton. And I went to an open mic at like a very expat international comedy club. And I watched Chevron perform and talk about being expats in China. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. And then I went up and it was great. And then I moved to San Francisco where I also didn't know anyone and started doing comedy here. And I've been really in the scene since. I think if I was around like friends and family and a network that I wouldn't have gotten so into it. So to your point, Ross, I do think being alone and a little sad is important. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Whenever I perform and do stuff, I do not want my friends or family to watch. It is an act, right? There's a huge element of acting to it. And I like don't need them judging me. Be like, oh, you wouldn't do that. Like, that's not you. Like. It feels a lot safer around people who have no like no context on who I am other than what they get to hear. Oh, yeah. Whenever someone I know comes to a show, like like someone I'm dating or, or a friend or whatever, I say, like, full disclosure, there is a chance that I could bomb. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, like, a very easy bridge sales in comedy. Like, you bomb a lot in both. Yeah. <laughs> you can bomb a maybe, lot in both. Maybe there's, you, but yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of <laughs> suffering that goes, yeah. Hey, yeah, I can I can admit that I bomb from time to time, but, you know. You do it in front of enough people that you know not everybody's going to like what you do. I talk whenever I have interviewed for a sales job, they love to hear about how sales calls are just like doing comedy and how you have to be as concise as possible and how the punchline is like a call to action and whatever else. You know, I've given the spiel a few times. So, how how much have you married comedy with? I mean, I want to say sales, but let's just say outside of sales. Like, are you doing stuff like corporate stuff? Are you doing anything like? Have you done a set for Zoom? When I moved here, I was just doing performing. And then 
two and a half years ago. Yeah, about two and a half, maybe three years ago now. I met someone who ended up being my boyfriend. We dated for two years and we also produced comedy shows together. So I have, and we still still are working together and it's kind of a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of experience running shows together. So we've produced like 60 plus shows in San Francisco. And then we got picked up about a year and a half ago by this platform called Marco Experiences. And they basically host virtual experiences for any startup or company that's looking to have some virtual team bonding things. So we host virtual comedy Jeopardy. I, I think you, you mentioned a lot of folks ask you about, hey, how is comedy helping you in sales? Let's flip that upside down. Like, What has being in sales actually taught you or how is that going to help you when you go more into comedy? Hmm. I, I think, I mean, to Ross's point before, I think it's helped me deal with rejection uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, I think, honestly, more than anything, it's helped me with running shows because I've had to sell a lot of tickets to fill seats for these shows that I put on. And I've taken a lot of sales strategies and tactics and used it for that. So, you know, selling tickets, growing pipeline and having email lists, following up with people who said they're going to buy tickets, things like that. We might, we might actually start seeing a, a spike of uh, a spike of comedians applying for sales roles to get that experience for you. Yeah, I referred about four comedians for jobs at Zoom this past week. And I was hoping to cash in on a sweet, a sweet referral bonus, but I'm planning on quitting in a few weeks. So I, I don't think I'll, I'll get that. We'll, we'll take referrals at Scratchpad for comedians. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, a ton of comedians that <laughs> need jobs. <laughs> and I've, you know, I've offered to help them with like their resumes and, you know, talking to them about the role, assuring them that they can do it. I think a lot of comedians lack self-confidence in general and specifically in the business realm how did you get over the fear fear of, of what getting of, on stage getting on stage <laughs> <laughs> i love that. there's my fear of what there's like there's, only, the, there's only one fear, <laughs> the only fear is on stage. sharks uh no yeah. uh getting on stage i i don't know if i was ever afraid i think maybe i'm just stupid <laughs> but i think sometimes you have like blinders on you know like a horse and you can't really see what else is going on after you do your first open mic or your first few or whatever, it's kind of such a rush of adrenaline and people are generally pretty nice. They're like, Oh, that was pretty good. Oh, you did a good job. Do you have your jokes memorized or do you know, like, do you know them or are they memorized to the punchline? Like the jokes that I think are like finished, I know word for word and there's a specific cadence that goes along with it. Right. Uh, I have a few that are very dependent on a few hitting a few words in a specific way. If I kind of mess that up somehow, if I get like caught on my tongue and stumble over a, a word, then it th that the punchline doesn't work as well. And I've noticed that for sure. Um, Chloe, thank you so much. I actually have to uh, leave, unfortunately, and go pick up um, some little people, my kids. Uh, <laughs> that was not a euphemism for anyway. They are actually a little. Uh, <laughs> no, we had a, a scheduling conflict, but um, Ben's going to jump in and pixelated Ben, the best kind. Uh, ben, Ben, you're new to the show. This is your first appearance now, right? Uh, well, I was a guest. Yeah, okay, but like you know, hosting side, hosting side. Oh, yeah, extra episode, by the way. Chloe, do you have any kind of sales war stories? You know, being in like SDRs fighting over leads. And let's just pretend you're not talking about Zoom. Like, like just a company. Yeah, uh, hypothetically, you know, it, they, they hypothetically yeah. rhyme with like shroom or something. <laughs> yeah, you know. We just... <laughs> uh, well, Zoom has actually been pretty smooth sailing, so that so that works. You started working at a, a dumpster. 
video. <laughs> just, just a, just a dumpster. You worked for uh, a dumpster in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. a dumpster. No, he was a dumpster. I, yeah. Someday I'll be promoted to head dumpster. No, I. <laughs> My la- my job before Zoom, the one that I got let go of in the beginning of the pandemic, because shockingly it was not pandemic proof, was for a company that sold dumpster cameras. And I need to pause after I say that and say it again. And when I tell this as a joke, I say dumpster cameras. And then I say again, dumpster cameras. So everyone <laughs> hears me. Yeah. Um, they are cameras, super heavy duty that got bolted into dumpsters and they would take pictures <laughs> they take pictures of trash and then we had a software that would analyze the photos and say oh this dumpster's 30 percent full or 50 percent full banana or, peels in here yeah, yeah. Eh, 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 banana peels oh, human body human body human body no, that and that's a joke that i have not told in a while but reels for 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 realsies uh this <laughs> the city of seattle bought our cameras because they had an issue with homeless people falling asleep in the city's public dumpsters to protect themselves mm. from the rain. Right. So they bought our dumpster cameras so that they could see the homeless people get crushed in HDTV. It's incredible. Wow. But I forgot the part of that joke where the garbage truck would go pick up the du- it's never mind, fuck. I right. fucked that up. You know, know it's it's, it's dangerous to have homeless people fall asleep in the dumpsters because if you don't know there's a person in there the truck's gonna go pick it up, and the person will yeah, crash and get stumped. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's real. And they bought our cameras to help with that. I think. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like a company that like Charlie, Mac, and D, and Dennis invented <laughs> on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my god, we'll do dumpster I, cameras. Right? <laughs> I felt like that. <laughs> okay, well, here's here's. Oh god, I don't know if I should. When yeah, I worked, I when I worked there, and hopefully it's grown a little bit. We would say to all the customers, yeah, 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 we have a software that will analyze all the photos, blah, 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 blah. I was the only BBR there, and then there were like seven account executives. And I remember looking over at one of the account executives, and they were scrolling through like a PowerPoint of photos of thousands and thousands of photos of trash. Um, And they were actually, the software was not fully developed yet, and they were doing the analyzing the the dumpster fullness or, or whatever manually as a sales account executive. Like when you got into sales the first time, was that was cold calling like a prospect that you know is gonna just ream you? was that scarier than going up on stage or yeah that was terrible that my first job was at this company called Mem Sequel I don't I don't think it ex- exists anymore so we can say whatever we want about it <laughs> and I just kind of was thrown into it the manager that hired me quit a week before I started so there's no manager no one was training me I was just like free range. And people would be like, make dials, make dials, make dials. And I had no idea what I was gonna like supposed to say. And it was a really technical yeah, product. So we were selling to software engineers. Did you ever secretly call like radio stations? And, and <laughs> I, that's what I used to do when I needed like talk time. I would call a radio station, leave it off the hook and then go to lunch. Oh, that's so time. funny. No, you know? I've never, I've never done that. I've called it. There are times it looks like I was like in the phone booth, like for a long time talking to someone, but it was usually like my mom. Did that like give you extra motivation to be like, I need to find something that I want to do, or I know oh, it's comedy and I gotta get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. It felt like I was like, I'm doing my day job, and I, I say this in past tense, but this is still technically the case. Whereas, like, <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm doing in three this. Three weeks though. This is still <laughs> yeah, past tense. yeah. Okay, okay. So it, it felt like I was 
you know, doing a job I didn't really like. I was making decent money living in San Francisco. And then as soon as, you know, it's time to clock out, hopping, hopping on my little bike and hitting up open mics. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the world of the side hustle now. And if you don't have one, you're probably, ups- if you're in sales and you don't have one, you're probably kind of sad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably kind of sad. But then yeah. there are those rare breeds that you come across that are, that just are good at sales and the like, life sharks. And yeah. I mean, I, I have so much respect for those people that are able to do it. And they just do sales full time, but they're like excited about it. Yeah. 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 I don't. It's like the rush of closing a deal. I want to marry someone like that, yeah. but not <laughs> yeah, have not to us. talk, not have to talk to them. I want to. Yeah, Chloe. Oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go, Ben. No, you, you, go. you go. No, you go. No, All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I am. I'm the white man, and I have to. Unless Chloe had help. had something to say. No, 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 no. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't, Chloe, matter. Do, do you go? <laughs> doesn't even matter. No, you go. All right, Ross, you you go. You go. I just. I, Wait, I, do you, sh- should I go? Yeah. Oh my god. All right, Ross, you go. Okay. Um, are you done? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. So I'm curious about how you how you go about memorizing. Like, do you just practice in your room a bunch over and over again? Do you read them? Do you bring up narc? Like when you when you're testing new stuff. You know, yeah. How do you I lock uh, it in? how do I lock it in? Uh, I should be doing this more, but like running through my set in my living room. Yeah. Um, honing it down. When you write something yourself, it's so much easier to memorize. I think than right. giving someone giving you a script that they wrote. Do you have like yeah. a laugh track button? Just hit. It. <laughs> no. Turn the, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this guy loves it. This guy loves it. <laughs> I should get one. That'd be great. You should. What about your professional comedic inspiration? Like who do, who do you love to watch? Who do I love to watch? Well, right now I'm preparing to step a little bit away from stand-up comedy. So I've been watching a lot of Insecure and Broad City. So mm. Issa Rae and then Alana and Abby from Broad City are yep. big inspirations right now. So you're doing a show. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing yeah. you're doing the show. I'm doing a show type thing. Do you want to hype uh, it? Do I want to hype it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't have the... It's not going to drop until like May. So I... I don't get That's too excited. Right. I, I don't want your five listeners to get too excited. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. Well, they might. Three of them, two of them have already dropped at this point. But okay. yeah, there's a couple That's left. Fair. Our, yeah. The, Should the we let them know I'm... We, we listen to metrics. <laughs> uh, okay. What was I going to say? Oh, so I am writing a series about a very boring, sponge-like, straight-haired woman who gets dumped kind of suddenly because she's so boring. And she never makes decisions for herself. And then one of her friends convinces her that she needs to, you know, be more spontaneous and exciting and stand up for herself and make decisions for herself. So she decides to spontaneously move to Taiwan. And that is when I'm going to move to Taiwan and finish filming the series. Wow. (laughs) And then she's going to have curly hair. And other things are going to happen. And other stuff's going to happen. Sold. Beautiful. It's going to be one long shampoo commercial. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond Quota. This was absolutely electric. Can you please tell all – I'm going to get – it's going to be like over under six people left um, <laughs> where they can find you. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Yeah, Twitter's uh, all, big man, anyway. It's hardly wholesome. So H A R D L Y and then wholesome H. No, wait. W H. W. She said comedians and salespeople can't read or write. So it's, <laughs> it's just, just. 
uh, yeah, wholesome, like whole milk and then some wholesome. You got it. So check it out, fam. Thanks, Chloe. Appreciate you.